Welcome everyone to the Shepherd Talk podcast with Pastor Ray Jones from Ridgecrest Baptist Church. This conversation is centered on reaching, building, and connecting you to the mission God has in store for your life. We hope these practical conversations help to encourage and equip you to follow Jesus in a greater way. Hey, Pastor, how are you today? Hey, Chase, doing great. Good, excited to continue our conversation on the Shepherd Talk podcast. And as we begin today, I wanted us to... uh, just want to ask you to share a story you shared in staff meeting today that was just really neat of God at work in the details and, and in y'all's life in a recent situation. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'd be glad to. Um, and it is a reminder, it was at least a reminder to us that uh, uh, how God cares about the little things uh, in our life. We recently have ret- were returning from Nashville. We'd been up for our grandson's uh, uh, first birthday party, and uh, we have a stopping place along the route, uh, Gardendale, Alabama, and... Uh, so it's usually about the time we need a meal, and it's the time that we need uh, gas. And so we pulled off, uh, filled up the car, then decided for some reason, I, I never do this, uh, apologies to Wendy's, but uh, <laughs> I wanted a Wendy's hamburger. I, I just never do. Uh, and But for some reason, I wanted a Wendy's hamburger. Well, the only Wendy's there is is off the beaten path. you got to kind of know where you're going. It's really in a more obscure location right. uh, from all the other uh, places. And so, But we knew where it was. My wife had grown up there, and so we headed there uh, to, uh, to get a, a bite to eat. Well, we get our bite to eat. We come uh, out, uh, get ready to leave, get in the car, and my car will not start. It's completely dead. I try a few things. I couldn't get it to turn over. There was nothing. And so I made the assumption, the first assumption we always make is, well, dead battery, right. you know, battery has died. So I called AAA, uh, long and short, they came out, uh, tried to jump it off, couldn't jump it off. It wasn't a battery uh, issue. Uh, we didn't know what it was. It's Sunday, uh, if you will, so Nothing's there's open. nothing open. And um, so we had this dilemma, and how do we get back home? How do we, what do we do about the vehicle? All of those sorts of things. So my wife and I are praying, God, you're going to have to give us wisdom, kind of show us a way, um, you know, to, to, to get home and what do we do about the vehicle and all of that. So we're, we're praying about these things and uh, standing in the parking lot, and all of a sudden we look up and two of our church members are walking toward us. <laughs> and we both, they were kind of surprised to see us because it's Sunday and they assumed I'd be here Right, preaching right and um and so we just kind of laughed and they said pastor um is everything okay i said well actually um i'm glad to see you and you were surprised uh, they were at that wendy's too y- yeah right? <laughs> and that was the weird thing is is the wendy i said what are you doing at this wendy's and i said you have to know where this wendy's is and they said well uh we're going to get a bite to eat but we really weren't planning to come to wendy's we were looking for Zaxby's. Well, they had way overshot where Zaxby's was. It was back in a restaurant row area kind of thing. And they said, so we just missed Zaxby's, to which I said, no, you didn't miss Zaxby's. God sent you to Wendy's because we were praying and we needed uh, some, some help. And they said, well, you guys could ride back to Dothan with us if you want to. That's right. where we're going. But they had a full SUV and uh, another passenger uh the wife's mom was with them, right. and uh, so it, it was no way we were going to all be able to. Well, we could have all fit in, but we couldn't have taken all the luggage and all that sort of thing. Right. And I didn't just want to leave it sitting there. So uh, I said, "Y'all go on and eat, and let us think about uh, the the alternative." Well, 
at first I thought, well, you know, I'll send my wife on with them. At least I'll get her home, and then I'll try. I'll stay around here and figure out something to do. But we began to talk while they were eating, and uh, we we said, well, let's get a, maybe we could get a rental car. I'll call AAA. That we're what they call a premier member, and they'll tow your car up to 200 miles, which is approximately what it was. Yeah. And so I said, if we could get a rental car, well, the rental car company, actually just two blocks from where we were, was closed because of Sunday. But we called the airport. Right. Okay, so they had a car. They said, sure, we'll get you a car, one way, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and so we booked it. And then we realized we got to get there. Right. Um, so when they our, our church folks came out of the residence and said, Pastor, what, what would you like for us to do? And I said, well... Could you get me to the airport? Could you drop me off at the airport? Anyway, they said, yes, I did. I got the car, came back. They went on, of course. I came back, uh, load our car. Triple A said, yeah, we'll tow you to Dothan. They uh, they towed our car for us, and we drove the rental back to Dothan. And uh, we did so praising the Lord and just talking about how God knew where we were in this obscure place he sent people to aid us. That's right. And it's just so cool. It was no coincidence. You 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 gotta almost know where you're going to get to that Wendy's. <laughs> you gotta drive back past seventy five restaurants to get there. But God sent them there in the hour of our need. It may be a, a little thing, but to us it was just a reminder that God knows and that he cares and he sent aid to us. And so we just praise the Lord. It's just a pretty cool thing. I mean, you you, you can't make that up. Right. And it's not a coincidence. It right. was truly, truly, you've heard the phrase, a God thing. Right. It was a God thing. Right. You know, Pastor, when you hear a story like that, it's just a reminder that in every little detail, like you said, he's at work in that. And I think for a lot of people, it's easy in the craziness and the busyness of life, you miss those things, and those are just easy reminders to yeah. know that he You know, is. there's an old phrase that goes like this. The devil is in the details. Hmm. It means the details are the hard things, and the devil's in the details. That's where it really gets complicated. Well, I, I, I don't affirm that, but I can right. say this. The devil's not in the details. That's good. God's in the details. You right. Know? And that was just a reminder to us that he cares about the details of our life. That's so good. That's so good. Thanks for sharing that story, Pastor. Sure. Just a practical way of, of knowing these things. And on this podcast, just some practical thoughts of, of God at work in all things. And so today we want to kind of jump into a conversation uh, from a previous sermon that you did, Pastor, on James chapter 4. You entitled it Seven Commands for Victorious Living and uh, walked through. I think you mentioned that there's 10 imperatives in that right. Uh, those that passage, but seven major come out of that as one imperative, uh, three imperatives are kind of put together. And so mm-hmm. we want to start talking about just James chapter four, and you've highlighted verse seven that says, submit yourselves therefore to the Lord, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Point number one, pastor, that you talked about is the first command for victorious living was submit to God. Kind of unpack that a little bit and help us understand what does that look like? Well, let me back up a little bit and say this out of James chapter 4, uh, verse 1 to 10. And uh, l- let me just add, when I was working on this message, the Lord gave me this message over my sabbatical. And uh, as you know, we launched a special Sunday evening, um, one family worship with it. And um, I wanted to talk about victory because all of us want to live in victory. Uh, you know, yeah. I've never talked to anybody who said, no, I want to I be a loser all my <laughs> life. You know, Everybody wants to be a victor. 
and particularly in the Christian life. We right. want to have victory in the Christian life against uh, so many struggles we, we face in this life. I almost entitled this message, uh, Seven Secrets to Victorious Living. Right. And, and, and that was kind of my working title when I began uh, working on a message. And then as I got into it, I thought, wait a minute. These secrets. aren't secrets. Right. They're right there in front of us. So right. sometimes we say, here's the secret too. But in reality, they're right there in front of us. And so as I studied it, they, there were, uh, as you said, 10 actual imperatives. An imperative is a command. Right. When you see those in scriptures, they're not like, here's, an, here's a great idea or here's an inspirational thought. All of it is inspirational uh, in the sense of inspired by the Spirit of God. But it is a command. It is something that we are told to do. And uh, when I was studying back through this, I thought, wait a minute, these are commands. There are 10 of them, but three of them compose one overarching. Right. Okay. So I began to look at them, and I started off with these seven. The first is, as you mentioned, submit to God. And that's all about, and I, in verse 7, that's all about uh, c control. Uh, one of the hardest things we have to do, Chase, is to give control over to God. Yeah. We want to. We often think we have. Right. But it usually we'll run into some obstacle or something that is uncomfortable to us, and that's when we start discovering, eh, maybe have not given this up like I thought I had given this up. I right. haven't yielded myself. And this is the whole idea of God is not going to make me submit to his control. We would all agree I don't know that I've ever talked to any people say that God doesn't know what he's doing in my life. Hmm. You know, somebody may be questioning God or struggling, maybe a skeptic or something like that, agnostic. But by and large, most uh, believers would say, I believe God has, God knows what he's doing in my life. And yet we live uh, without submission. We don't submit to him. We acknowledge his superiority, but we don't submit. We right we still try to control and call the shots. There's another term for this. It's called lordship. Right. Who's your Lord? Is Christ your Lord or are you your Lord? And so the first thing that James tells us in that passage in terms of these commands or these um, imperatives are to submit to God. And there's a reason that he tells us that, uh, that we need to submit, but we'll look at that in the next thing. So the first act is to say, God, I give control. If you want victory, you, that's where you begin. Right. Uh, you've got to yield there. God, right. you're in control. I'm not in control. And I, I might add this to that. Um, and that may be a daily thing. You yeah. remember what Jesus said? Yeah. Take up your cross daily. daily. And submission is like that. I'm having to submit daily. Sometimes hourly, yeah. I may submit, and then uh, 30 minutes later, I say, you know what? I'm back in control. And we have to practice that kind of submitting. I recognize who God is. But there's a reason, and that's that's the next thing I guess we talk about. Well, this, before we jump to number two, Pastor, just practically speaking, this understanding of surrender and submission, is that is that a mental thing? Is that a physical thing? How do we kind of process that on a daily basis well it is all of the above it is mental uh it is physical uh it is an act of the will and that's mental that's I, yeah. I make a choice right. to surrender remember i said he will not force that so right. i make a choice right to submit to him that's an act of my will that's a conscious decision that's the mental thing then i physically discipline myself that's good yeah you know paul said 
I buffet my body. Literally, that's a boxing term. It means I beat my body into submission. Uh, he said, train yourself in another yeah. passage for the purpose of godliness. Right. Um, and we see him talking about that in a number of his letters. Paul talking about the fact that uh, that submission is about us physically disciplining ourselves, mentally making choices that will will help us to stay in line with his purpose and his will. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? So that you may prove what the will of God is. Hmm. See, So that's the mental act of submission. And then the discipline act is, I make choices uh, to discipline myself, my actions, my behavior, all of that. Right. That's so good, Pastor. Just a practical way to think about that mentally and physically. Number two, Pastor, in this in this message you use, the second command was stand against the devil. Resist the devil, James 4, 7 says. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, it's an imperative. Now, I said a minute ago, we are told to submit, first of all. We are told to submit so that we can resist the devil. Mm-hmm. We're told to resist him. Right. That's a command. Right. But we're first told to submit. So yeah. submission... To God, to God enables me to to next resist the devil. Right, that makes sense. Yes, and and the idea here is also in what we say the present tense in the Greek. It means to actively. Yeah. And by the way, submission is too. It's the the idea is a present imperative. It means that we we submit and we keep on submitting. It means we resist the devil and we keep on resisting him. We actively resist him. We how do we do that? That's a great question. Prayer. Right. All right. Uh, the Word of God. Um, your Word, I have hid my heart that I might not sin against you, the psalmist writes. And so through prayer, through the Word of God, and we resist Him by wearing the armor of God. Paul talks about it in Ephesians 6, where he tells us to put on that armor so that we can, and he says it there, stand against the schemes of the enemy. And so uh, those are three ways that we actually take our stand. Uh, But the idea is that we draw up like a soldier in battle. Right, we're ready. Yeah, we're ready. And so we can stand when when he, uh, as Paul says, fires his fiery darts at us. Right. So important to, again, I love the fact of submission and how as we submit, it makes that standing practically just happen um, in our life. But we have to, again, be ready. Number three, uh, verse eight, probably to me, Pastor, one of the neatest, a very neat verse of the New Testament. Understanding is verse eight says, draw near to God and he'll draw near uh, to you at the beginning. This number three, second, excuse me, third command that you stated here was draw near to God. Yeah. And it's one of my favorite verses, too. It has helped me so much through the years uh, just to be reminded that God, the the problem isn't on God's side. It's my side. Right. But if I will draw near to him, he will, the fact is, he will draw near to me. And this whole idea um, of drawing again is a command. It's not like, hey, here's a good idea. Right. Why don't you get close to God? But, but it is the command, again, draw near to God. James is saying, draw near to God. And here's the cool thing. It means to get as close to God as you can possibly get and cling to Him, hold tight to Him. 
I told the story in this the message, and our listeners can go to our website at Ridgecrest, and they can listen to this message yeah. if they want to. Uh, but I told the story there of when our daughter was very young, and uh, I would go up. Um, she, I guess she was uh, four years old. She's 30 now. But I would walk up onto the platform of the church that I, I pastored in, in Florida, and she would uh, she sat down a lot of Sundays with me on the front row. And one Sunday she says, Daddy, I want to go up on the platform with you. I want to go up on the <laughs> stage with you. And this is a con- congregation of over 3,000 people, and it's a very large uh, right. uh, uh, a room full of people. And so as I walked up there, she didn't have any magnitude of what it looks like when you suddenly turn around and you see that many people right. looking at you. Yeah. you know? A lot of eyeballs. A lot of eyeballs. <laughs> and so she walks up with me, and when she turns around, she sees it. And our people are kind of chuckling because of her going up with me, and she just latches onto my leg with both of her arms. And she buries her face in my leg, and she won't look up. And I, I look down, and I say, sweetheart, do you want to say anything? And I had a microphone. I said, would you like to say anything? And all she'll do is shake her head. She won't pull her uh, uh, face out from my, my leg, and uh, she just stays fixed there. And I love that memory. It's really? a great memory. And when I tried to leave, she wouldn't. She just clung to my leg, and I had to walk off uh, kind of like I had a limp because right. she was hung on. <laughs> But I tell you that story, as I told in the message, because it is a beautiful picture of what James is telling us to do. He's saying, you get up next to God, and you hold on to Him as tight as you can. You cling to Him, and He will be holding on to you. That's really good. And so that is the idea there. Because we are in this great cosmic spiritual battle, that we need to stay real close to God. But again, the emphasis is on our responsibility to get near to him right and because he's going to be there for us right right you know recently pastor in a previous podcast we talked about um the opportunity of getting near to god what it looks like in a quiet time and so if you're listening you can easily go back and and listen to that one and it's just some practical thoughts on drawing near and what that looks like in your daily life you know pastor this was seven commands and in this short time we're going to have to make this part one of this conversation and come back in a uh, our next podcast to talk about the last uh, four. But before we close today, I know you had a free resource you want to make available to those that are interested. Yeah, it's another of what we call Leadership Lights, um, a card, uh, a resource card that uh, I've developed. And this one is entitled Leadership Blunders. And this is a two-parter, part one. We'll offer part two after our next uh, podcast. But it, it deals with five dangerous leadership mistakes is what I talk about there. And so to our listeners, all you have to do is email us at shepherdtalk at uh, rbcdothan.org, shepherdtalk at rbcdothan.org, and just say, I want the free resource, Leadership Blunders, Part 1. And if you'll request that by email, uh, we will send that uh, to you free. And uh, as all of our podcasts, there's a, a giveaway card, a giveaway uh, resource for you, and uh, you can request all of those. Well, again, thanks today, Pastor, for your time, and uh, thank you for listening. And uh, we'd love for you, if you have enjoyed uh, today's podcast, if you will share that and subscribe and give us a review and uh, pass it along to those that you think it would be encouragement to. Thank you so much for joining us for today's Shepherd Talk podcast. 
We hope God will continue to use you to reach the lost, build up other believers, and connect your life to the mission and purpose God has for you. We look forward to more talks in the days ahead with Pastor Ray.